This episode of Case Acquaint contains material that may be disturbing for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello everyone, welcome back to Case Acquaint. You have found episode 23. Got an update for you? The vigil that we announced would be happening on Saturday, April 28th, attracted a pretty large turnout for Little Peyton Fields. So that gives us hope. We're hearing that some of the candidates for sheriff are engaging with the community members who are actively calling attention to the case. So hopefully when a new sheriff is elected, they'll get that case resolved. Now, on with today's story. This is the story of the suspicious disappearances of Donald Cavanaugh and David Neely. Donald Cavanaugh and David Neely had one big thing in common. They both worked with James DeNoyer on his Mendocino County, California ranch. DeNoyer owned property and several businesses at the time of these men's disappearances, and Donald Cavanaugh was actually DeNoyer's uncle. Donald was from Illinois, where he operated a horse farm. Unfortunately, his health began to fail, and he could no longer take care of his business responsibilities. After experiencing years of a successful business, he lost his ownership in his horse farm. He had undergone a quadruple heart bypass, but was still trying to maintain employment by working with other people's horses. In 2004, a month after his heart bypass surgery, Donald Cavanaugh was 63 years old and looking for a means of retiring while still maintaining some sustenance through work. His nephew, James DeNoyer, asked him to move out from Illinois to California and to help with a horse breeding operation on DeNoyer's 20-acre ranch. He said he could offer a place to live on the ranch as well. Now, I would imagine this must have sounded great to Donald, since he'd just undergone heart surgery, he was in financial straits, and life was becoming a struggle. So Donald moved out there with high hopes. He brought 14 horses with him, but he was sorely disappointed when he saw the property in California and the existing horses. Everything appeared to be in dire need of care and upkeep, including the horses. Also, there was no place for him to live. DeNoyer had been living in a barn on the property and showed Donald to an old suburban with a mattress in the back. That's where he was told he could live. So it's not surprising that relations between the nephew, owner of the ranch, and the uncle, whose health could not have been improved by the new life he'd found himself in, broke down quickly and permanently. After Donald had been there about a week, one of the horses died. Without food and medicine for even normal things like deworming, the horses weren't being cared for properly and Donald told DeNoyer to sell the horses if he wasn't going to take care of them. Horses are a lot of work and cost a lot of money to maintain. 
Donald knew this was going to get very bad very quickly without intervention, and compounding the high cost and demands of the existing horses were the 14 horses Donald brought along with him. From the description given by former employees and visitors of the ranch, there were dead horses all over the place, especially baby horses, who had very little to no chance of survival due to the horrible neglect. Most were eventually crudely cremated along with efforts to clear overgrown brush by burning it. Unfortunately, Donald also suffered. He had no transportation, no money, and no access to medical care. He did receive a social security check, but it's been reported that money was confiscated by his nephew. Donald's son later described the situation as being one of elder abuse and that his dad was scared of Denoyer. The constant arguing over the horses, missing money, and more came to a head in late December of 2004. It's claimed by family members of Donald that Denoyer forced Donald at gunpoint into a vehicle which Denoyer drove to San Francisco International Airport. Donald was dropped off there, but since all of his money had been taken or stolen, he had no way to get back to Illinois. He apparently sat in the airport for three days until a friend picked him up. He stayed with that friend for a few weeks and then was taken to a homeless shelter called Plowshares. It's been said that the last anyone ever saw or heard of Donald in March of 2005 He'd been talking about going back to the ranch to get his dogs and his belongings. Donald Cavanaugh, elderly, frail of health, and without resources or support, disappeared. In the meantime, Denoyer had been having problems with other people. He had an employee by the name of Ryan Neely. Ryan actually helped move Donald out to California. And Ryan bore witness to many of the challenges Donald faced when he arrived there in 2004. Ryan lived on the ranch, but he was employed by a construction company owned by Denoyer. At the time of Donald's disappearance, Ryan was told that Donald had moved back home to Illinois, and that was the last he thought of Donald, not knowing what else had taken place. At some point, Ryan's dad, David, met and struck a deal with Denoyer to build a metal works shop on Denoyer's property. It was to be a shop in which David Neely could create copper-based goods. But then, in December of 2005, the Denoyer ranch was raided by authorities. An employee had been taking pictures of the emaciated and dying horses and turned them over to animal services of Mendocino County. Others who had driven by the ranch and could plainly see the horses languishing in the muddy pastures were also said to have made calls. Additionally, the many dogs kept on the ranch would get out and run away on a regular basis. Those who brought the dogs back were horrified enough by what they saw that they too made authorities aware of the situation. Finally, animal services began an investigation and what they found during that raid was nothing short of horrendous. 
they were forced to recruit local volunteers to help load and transport the ailing horses, many of whom were having trouble walking due to the poor condition of their neglected hooves. In January of 2006, DeNoyer was charged with 36 counts of animal cruelty. Almost all of the live horses in his possession were 250 to 300 pounds underweight, living in mud and filth. One horse had died after getting stuck in the mud in an attempt to reach its only source of water. When DeNoyer found out that a person living on the ranch had tipped off authorities, it's been said by Ryan Neely that DeNoyer immediately accused his dad, David Neely, of turning DeNoyer in. That was the end of Ryan's employment with DeNoyer, and Ryan moved off the ranch. While relations were strained, David still had property being stored on the DeNoyer ranch. He said he was going to go to pick up his property, which included two vehicles. Ryan later said that he implored his dad not to go back there, but if he did, to take someone with him. Now this is a little confusing, but just bear with me, and I'm going to give you a little background on David Neely. David Neely had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder decades ago. For that, he was taking lithium, which is a drug that a lot of people with bipolar disorder take. It's been a popular drug to prescribe for a very long time. But people complain about the side effects of lithium. I think the one I've heard the most is that they feel like their thinking is stunted in some way. But there are more side effects and it really depends on the person. Many times though, the side effects after having taken lithium for a couple months subside for the most part if the patient isn't being overdosed. They've found in recent years that people shouldn't have to take such large doses in order to get results. So what a lot of people do is they take their lithium until they feel better and then they notice the side effects and they decide, hey, I feel good, let me get off this lithium. So after that, many times the symptoms of bipolar disorder start to kick in again. And this is what happened to David. He stopped taking lithium and he took off for a couple weeks. He'd kind of done that before, but for shorter periods of time. So in March of 2006, when he went missing for these couple weeks, Ryan filed a missing persons report. Later, he withdrew it out of concern that if David was okay and just traveling somewhere, he would be upset about having a missing persons report filed on him. The police did at some point make contact with David, and they said that he was having car problems at the time. Now, later on, Ryan says that he found out David had eventually gone back to the ranch to pick up the rest of his belongings. He was intent on getting possession of his two cars that he owned. One was a Ford Thunderbird, and another was a Mustang. This was April 14th of 2006. Eventually, Ryan realized that his dad might not be coming home. We can't get a clear timeline on how long he waited, but at some point, he decided to go out to the ranch himself to see if he could find David. When he got there, he found David's dog, Justice, locked up inside the cab of a truck, along with a food bowl and a water bowl. 
He spoke with a friend and employee of Denoyer's, a man named Ron Baumeister. Ryan says that Baumeister told him that David had come to the ranch, picked up his Ford Mustang, and left. And according to Baumeister, that had happened three or four months prior. Ryan took the dog and went back home. The next day, he returned to the ranch, and this time, Baumeister wasn't there. Ryan went to the barn area, and right next to the barn, he found his dad's Thunderbird and the Mustang in which Baumeister said his dad had left three or four months ago. David's glasses and his wallet were inside the Thunderbird. There's evidence that someone had been working on the Mustang. Ryan says he called police and gave them all this information, and the next day, someone called Ryan to tell him that Denoyer wanted to kill him. So Ryan called the police again to tell them that. The police visited the ranch and brought some cadaver dogs, but they found nothing that would help establish the location of David Neely. Ron Baumeister left town, having refused to speak with police, and Denoyer also has refused to speak with them. According to the Neely family, the police have said that Denoyer and Baumeister are both considered persons of interest by the Mendocino County Sheriff's Office in the disappearances of David and Donald. And another person of interest is Rebecca Warda, a girlfriend of Denoyer's. Ryan seems to have tried very hard to get to the bottom of all this in the beginning, but eventually after seeing all the clues that made it clear something terrible had happened to David, Ryan realized his dad was gone, and he'd been gone for some time before Ryan found his cars and his dog on Denoyer's property. Later, a neighbor would tell Ryan that they had heard shots coming from the ranch on around April 14th, the day it was later determined that David had gone missing. So the question remains, where is Donald Cavanaugh and where is David Neely? To provide a better idea of how brazenly evasive Denoyer has been and how confident he is in his ability to avoid taking any responsibility for what goes on at his ranch, David disappeared in the midst of that investigation and prosecution of Denoyer on the felony animal cruelty charges. He'd even participated in bringing a civil lawsuit against the county and the volunteers who helped save the lives of the horses. During his trial, he testified that none of this was his fault because he had employees who were supposed to be taking care of the horses. He had the gall to try to portray himself as the victim. The workers, who were actually some of the people who were concerned and worried enough to report the neglect, testified that they were not able to properly care for the horses due to the fact that Denoyer refused to purchase enough food and necessary medicine for the horses, upwards of 36 of them. How is a ranch hand going to afford to feed and buy medicine for dozens of horses? How are they supposed to convince a vet to come out and treat the sick and dying horses for free? Denoyer, whose family is said to be well-off financially with lots of local connections, even had a character witness at his animal cruelty trial who had at one time been a best-selling author. This person no doubt impressed the jury. It was John Gray who wrote the 1992 self-help relationship book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, 
and had been a customer of DeNoyer's construction business. Gray, who called himself a doctor due to the unaccredited Ph.D. in psychology he sent away for from a degree mill, owned some land in the area and managed to help charm the jury into deadlocking. A mistrial was declared, and eventually, a plea deal was reached by which DeNoyer escaped a felony conviction in August of 2008 by pleading guilty to one misdemeanor count of improper disposal of a dead animal. He was ordered to pay the county back $5,000 of the cost of some of the care of the horses. He was to serve three years probation, and during which time, he couldn't own more than four horses. He was also supposed to attend some sort of equine care classes. His probation has since been revoked at least once, but we're unaware of his status at this time. So, what happened to Donald Cavanaugh and David Neely? It's assumed that both of these men are dead. But how did they die, and why? Why would anyone want to hurt either one of them? These were elderly men who, while they weren't yet in their 70s, they were both frail in health and, and they were vulnerable. Both of them had belongings at DeNoyer's ranch, belongings that were being kept from them, and both are said to have disappeared when they attempted to retrieve their belongings. David Neely's family is still fighting for answers, even though both families have been forced to go on with their lives not knowing if they'll ever get any. They've started petitions, hired investigators, and also held events to bring awareness to these cases, but still, they wait for law enforcement to take action. It's now at the point where investigators don't maintain communication, and they now claim they're too busy to bother with the Neely and Kavanaugh cases. Just imagine, the only people who have the authority to investigate your loved one's disappearance are telling you that they just don't have the time. This is why we need to work towards changing legislation, so if cases grow cold and no work is being done, those case files should be provided to private investigators to work on behalf of the victim who deserves justice. At the time of his disappearance, Donald Kavanaugh was 63 years old. He had gray hair and blue eyes. He stood 5 foot 8 and he weighed about 140 pounds. He was in frail physical condition due to his recent quadruple bypass operation. David Neely was 69 years old when he disappeared. He had gray hair, green eyes, and he had a white beard. He was 5 foot 5 and he weighed about 150 pounds. Now, if you know anything about these disappearances, the families would like you to reach out to the Mendocino County Sheriff's Office. They have an anonymous tip line, which is 707-234-2100. The family of David Neely has set up an advocacy page and a website in which they share information and updates. You might find that an interesting place to visit if you're interested in these cases. David Neely was quite an artist, and he was also a poet. As usual, we're going to add links and more information on our blog post about David and Donald at our website, caseacquaint.com. We have two very special men here who did not deserve whatever happened to them. These are people who, if anything, 
should have been extended compassion and kindness by Denoyer. But instead, the only thing that happened to them, due to their dealings with Denoyer, is that they disappeared, causing untold amounts of pain to the people who loved them. Thank you so much for listening to the story of Donald Cavanaugh and David Neely. We'll talk again soon.